the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. AM 630 The Word is proud to feature our Church of the Week. Our desire is that you will get to know the pastors and churches in our community and find a church you and your family can call home. Here's the host of our AM 630 The Word Church of the Week program, Director of Ministry Development, Marcus Burgos. Thank you and welcome to The Word. It's our Church of the Week, and this is where we get to know the churches of our of San Antonio, our local churches, where amazing things are happening. We get to see what's happening in the four corners of our city, the people that are on the ground and making things happen. Uh, we see Jesus touching lives, and it's not a government program. It's God's people touching people in this city. And today we'd like to recognize one of our churches here in the city. It's Mission Vineyard and Pastor John Arelli. And we're so happy to have you here, sir. And uh, tell us a little bit of, uh, of what Mission Vineyard is doing in San Antonio. Oh, Mission Vineyard. Well, our mission is to welcome Jesus into all of life. Uh, when uh, we first thought about planting a church here in San Antonio, one thing stuck in our minds. We, we don't want to plant a church that's not meeting the practical needs of the community. So our heart really is to invest ourselves in ways that address whatever those practical needs are. Now, being a new start in the city, who knows what those practical needs are? It's yes. hard to get to know the neighborhood and all that. But we know that children are always a victim. Yes. Children are always a victim of what's going on. And what we saw was that there was already a movement of God going on to support the children of the city through the Snack Pack program. I'm not sure if you heard of the Snack Pack program. But there are, there's a wonderful unity going on in the city now. It's like 14 churches, 14 elementary schools, where the schools are pinpointing kids that are malnourished, that aren't getting any calories over the weekend or not enough. So they come back on Monday with bad behavior issues, and uh, they're not able to engage in the school. And so uh, we partner with Rogers Academy, and uh, there's 120 children there that we get to support every weekend with uh, protein packs that the teachers slip in their backpacks secretly so the kids are still left with a great amount of dignity and uh, just meeting the practical needs of the community. So where we meet for church is at the Duseum. It's, it's on Broadway there, uh, the Children's Museum. And Rogers Academy is just three miles away. So we felt like at least there we get to, to have a practical investment in the community. So the church is on 2800 Broadway. Yeah, we meet in the Duseum. They have a wonderful gathering space in there. And uh, we use the birthday rooms that they have for our kids' ministry. It's, it's a great, great partnership. That's a good place to be. How do I, how do I get to your church? Can you tell us, give me some, some instructions on how to get there? Sure, right. 281. Off of 281, you can take Mulberry, the Mulberry exit, or you can take Hildebrand or Josephine. Uh, but if you come over on Mulberry, at the corner of Mulberry and Broadway is the Children's Museum, the Duseum. I was poking around your website, and uh, I, I got that sense of compassion. I got that sense that you really want to be the hands and feet of, of Jesus in this city, especially to the children. I picked a sermon, and sure enough, you were talking about the children. Mm-hmm. And so that seems to be a very underlying thing, a, a compassion of your heart, where you have family mm-hmm. and uh, you're on, on your website, you have a, a photo of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. That's right. You have a photo of uh, 
of uh, of families greeting, coming together. Mother Teresa is on there. So share share a little bit more about your heart and as well, what can us outside of your church, other San Antonians, San Antonians listening today, what can we do to to support it, to be part of it? Yeah. Well, you know, the great thing about being a church plant is that, you know, we're only five, it'll be five years, we're celebrating five years of being on Broadway uh, this Easter. We started our first You know, week. I grew up as a musician, and I always wanted to be on Broadway. <laughs> yeah, but it, you know, it really is, we see it as, as a line of the city, it's a center line of the city, and uh, in any case, the the practical needs that we see, uh, there, there's... Uh, we we can't handle them all ourselves. We recognize right. that. And so it gives us the ability to say, well, what else is God doing in the city? So did you know that every Sunday there's a church service that goes on underneath I-35 by UTSA downtown? And so many churches come together and they just bring whatever they have. And about 300 homeless are served with the, with the gospel and with practical need. And so we just got to step in there. The snack pack is another one of those things. We just got to step in. The work of the, towards the refugee community here in San Antonio, we just got to step in. And so I think, you know, you don't have to come to Mission Vineyard to engage in these things. These are things that we got to engage in because we saw the spirit moving already right. to serve the poor uh, in, in San Antonio. So we may not have to step into Mission Vineyard, no. but we do have to step out. Yeah, you know, if the kingdom of God is really at hand, if Jesus really was about um, uh, good news to the poor, then it wouldn't just be words. Good news to the poor means actual assistance to the poor, bringing dignity to the poor, setting blind eyes uh, you know, open and prisoners free and, and announcing that uh, the debts of the past are forgiven. That's really what we believe that Jesus is about. So what does it look like? to do those practical things, to meet those practical needs. As Jesus said, that was his commission to do. That's what we're about. I come from a, a big city, and uh, we talked about that a minute yeah, ago. Yeah. Uh, I come from the Bronx, New York, and um, where I took public transportation, took the, the train sure. to work every day mm-hmm. and to get anywhere, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there was no hiding the homeless issue. There was no way around it. They were in our face. Yeah. San Antonio, however, you can really avoid it. Yeah. You can take a route, and if you don't like what you see, mm-hmm. you take another route. That's right. And so it really is a challenge. Mm-hmm. And I, what I'm hearing from you, Pastor, is a, a challenge to the church community, mm-hmm. not, not just to a particular church, but to all of us, to step out, to dare to feel you know, sometimes compassion can be turned off and we can look away or giving somebody a quarter at, at the light makes us feel okay. But like you said, every Sunday, there's a church that meets under under 35. Yeah. And it's a matter of us, the church, getting over there to make a difference. It's interesting you talk about that. Mother Teresa said, you said Mother Teresa before, she said, uh, America has the largest poverty in the world and she said that poverty is loneliness. Mm. It led me to, to think, what is the spectrum of poverty in our city? Is there a poverty of family? Is there a poverty of a view of God? Is there a poverty of loneliness? Uh, it's easy to identify the poverty of the material when people don't have enough food or money or something like that. Those are the easy things to pick out and, right. and the easy things to address. Right. But it's actually the harder poverty to address is the poverty next door. Wherever people are living in San Antonio, the person next door, especially without Jesus— has a poverty, and it's a poverty of God's grace, a poverty of God's presence, 
a poverty of community if they don't have a good church community. And all those things, wherever people are living, can be something they go to Jesus and say, Jesus, how do you want me to address the practical needs of, of the people next door, the poverty, the spectrum of poverty that may exist there? It doesn't have to be material, but it could be. Yeah, It could just be a poverty of loneliness. You know, one of my favorite verses uh, is found in Matthew 28, yeah. and it's the go ye. Mm-hmm. I love how it sounds in the King James. It's, for me, more spiritual for some yeah, reason. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but go ye and go everywhere. Go throughout. Yeah. And it's not only calling you to go to a third world country. Sure. You know, praise the Lord if, if that's your call. Awesome. Africa, China, all these yeah. places. I've been to Nepal. The scarf I'm wearing today I got from Nepal. And it was an awesome experience. But to go doesn't have to be far. Yeah. It can be next door. And it can be to give what they, perhaps with your eyes, you can't see they need. That's right. You know, they need a touch. They need a, sh- uh, a handshake. They need a smile. That's right. They need something. And so my, my question to you, and I, I love talking to, to pastors, people in ministry, because they're a little bit crazy. <laughs> they're a little bit crazy. Whether you like to admit it or not, you're a little bit crazy. <laughs> Uh, because you answered the call. Yeah. Most people don't answer the call. Uh, some people have been exposed to what it takes to answer the call, and so they run from it. Why did you answer the call? Yeah, well, at first I didn't. Okay. I said no. In fact, I said no a couple of times. <laughs> okay. Uh, at the beginning, going into college, I said, no, I'm, I'm not going to go to Bible school. I'm going to get a business degree, and maybe I'll live out my faith in the business world, which is a very wonderful thing to do. And then uh, came to Houston, is from Boston, and uh, worked in a dorm, but ended up in a really healthy church and went to prayer meetings. And in one of those prayer meetings, I got the sense that God was saying to me, hey, I want you to pastor. And I said, no. And he said, you have to trust me. Mm. So uh, what I had seen over the years was, you know, some pastors, some abuse in the church and uh, being in the Boston area, there's priest abuse and all this kind of stuff. I was really afraid of leading in a Christian community. And he said, you had to trust me. Well, then came the question of church planting, leaving our healthy church community and moving to San Antonio to plant a church. And we were not healthy financially, our family. We had lots of credit card debt. We had lots of loans. And that's not a good idea to carry with you when you're church planting. Well, a group of men at the church gathered around me and they said, hey, we want to support you. Something's going on in your life. They didn't know I was thinking about church planting. And one of them had given us a check for $3,000. And... I was so overwhelmed. I don't know if you've ever had this feeling where your chest is bigger than your yeah. body and it just you get so overwhelmed and I was crying and I went home and I was rocking our three year old to sleep and I was crying as I was rocking her and she said, Daddy, why are you crying? Three years old. And she's laying on my chest and I said, Because I think Jesus is taking care of us. And at that moment, she sat up off my chest, raised her hands in the air and oh, said, Yes, God is a great big God and he takes care of us. Now, Anybody who has any sense of the spirit or, or just that, you know, something's moving in the world that's beyond us is going to question, God, are you trying to talk to me here? But before I could even process that, she took her hand, put it on my forehead and said, and God's going to take care of you too, daddy. Wow. Now, at that same moment, there was another friend of mine that was uh, wanting to counsel people and just uh, list, listen to God with them as they went through their journey. And he, he asked me this question. So what would you do if you knew that God was going to take care of you? And we were living in Houston at the time, but the corner of Mulberry and Broadway immediately came to my mind and said, God, I'll do anything. I'll move into this neighborhood that at the time wasn't you know, so nice as it is now. You know, yeah. Broadway's developing right now, but I'll do anything, God. I'll, I'll move and we'll plant a church there. And 
Uh, over time, we had literally visions and dreams, finances. And by the time we left Houston, all of our credit card debt was paid off by the sale of our house and crazy gifts. And then when we landed in San Antonio, we, we even had enough for down payment on a house. It, it, was, it was as if you know, I had barriers and I didn't believe that God was going to take care of me. And it's a thing that we all struggle with, I think. Yeah. God, are you really going to take care of me? Mm-hmm. But the question, what would you do if you knew that God was going to take care of you? became a driving force of what it meant to step in, not only into ministry, but into planting. That sounds like the aha moment. Yeah, it absolutely uh, was. Undeniably, yeah. the, the moment. And that is, that is impressive as a, as a father. Mm. I mean, we would, we would love to take all the credit for, <laughs> you know, our children doing all the great things. No. Not so much the other stuff. But tell me a little bit about, about your family. Yeah. Because now your kids are PKs, like we call them. That's right. Pastor's kids. That's right. You know, you are a pastoral family. Yeah. You perhaps were a ministry family before. Yeah. But now this is the real deal. You know, yeah. now it's, a, it's the major leagues. It's interesting. Uh, you know, we have two children. Uh, they're in elementary school now. Uh, you know, the Holy Spirit in them is not smaller than the Holy Spirit in me. Yes, I like that. I like that. So we began to ask the question, my wife and I, we've been married 16 years now. What does it look like not only to invite them into ministry, praying, co-discerning? We actually just went through a co-discernment process. Should we sell our house and move closer to where the church building is? And we invited them into that discernment process because we believe that God could speak through them. But as they've gotten older, we've, we've begun to invite them into their own mission. Mm. Where is God moving around you? Who needs the voice of Jesus? What's Jesus saying to you today? Uh, on the drive into school, we just read the, the scripture verse of the week, yeah, you, know, yeah. you know, on the Bible app. And, uh, and, you know, just one question, what's God doing? What does this mean to you? Uh, because we believe that uh, the same mission that God has for us in the city, they have a vision too. God speaks to them individually. Uh, so, you know, the best that we can, we pray for them every night. Uh, we try to give them scripture verses for them to process, but we invite them into their own mission, not just to, you know, do what dad says. We got to get this church thing done. No, they're more important than any ministry that we could do. We believe that the scripture says, this is, this is your first me. This is your first church. Your family is the first one you minister to. Uh, you value the person more for who they are than for what they could ever do for you. And so we don't set up play dates just to meet people to, you know, evangelize them. No, but, but what is the authentic ministry? What is the authentic mission that God's calling them into individually? And, and, and we try to support that as well. That's a, that's a great mission. Uh, I grew up in a time, and, and perhaps you're not too much younger than me, where the pastor's kids were the bad kids in church. Yeah, yeah. Because they were so angry that they had to be in church every day. Yeah. They didn't want to do anything. You know, they were the drummers and the guitar players. But, man, they were after service. They were in the alley, you know, lighting up. And that was a shame. And so we we have there was a whole generation that has missed it. We now that are holding this baton in our hand, we have to realize that. You know, my my first ministry is is my my three children that I have. And uh, I remember you 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 opened a segue for me where my son had a dream. He woke up one morning and says, Mom, I had a dream. Yeah. You had a baby, and we, were ha- and we were living in another house. Oh, wow. And at that time, my baby girl was not born, and we had been thinking about it, and it was confirmation. And so, and then, you know, and then stuff just started happening. And then here comes baby girl, you know, and she's, and it's right on time. And we, and we talk about how, how, my, how God used my son. Yeah. 
we couldn't see things or we didn't see it, or, but, but God surely did. And so we're here today at a Church of the Week, and we're honoring and featuring Mission Vineyard Church here in San Antonio, uh, 2800 Broadway. And uh, we're here with Pastor John Orelli, and we're just enjoying our time. And, and John, I want you to tell me what's going on, what's new at Mission Vineyard? Well, we are trying to meet the practical needs of the community, and we realized in our own community that there were needs that needed to be met. So we're starting a premarital monthly dinner for couples around the city. don't have to be part of the church, wherever background you're coming from. Uh, We want to get into a place where uh, the couples are able to have dinner together in our home. We watch a video that's uh, put on by the Alpha, the people from Alpha uh, in the U.K., uh, it's it's Jesus centered and just welcoming Jesus into that premarital process once a month for dinner over five months, and so we're really excited about that. But beyond that, we saw that there were some parenting help needs, mm-hmm. and so uh, this uh, Sunday night we're beginning a parenting class that's February uh, the 18th, and we're looking forward to inviting uh, parents just to to go through a book together uh, in a small group that engages. Um, uh, just basic parenting issues. We're, we're using a specific book in that as well. So on Sundays, yep. you're meeting in the morning. In the morning at 945. During the week, you're, you're out and about. You're, we, doing, we, you're doing this, you're doing this uh, premarital meeting. That sounds great. And, I, you know, something that's interesting, that people ask pastors, why are you so busy? And I think it's because once you start looking on the rocks— <laughs> Right? Don't you find that once you start looking on the rocks, you don't find just one issue. Yeah. And God has called us yeah. to to touch these areas, and yeah. now you find another area. Now there's some parenting issues. Right. You know what are you finding in that? That's such a a huge umbrella to start talking about. I know you mentioned about the the food in in the backpacks for school. Right. right. And that that definitely is a, a weight off of a parent's sure. shoulder for the weekend. Right. Uh, but how how is that going? Yep. Uh, the being able to uh, address uh, the needs of the city, parenting issues, helping parents do well, uh, it is really multifaceted, isn't it? I think there are some parents that feel, I think most parents feel completely incompetent. They don't know how to address the needs that are coming up in kids' lives. Uh, there's so many issues that come up in school, and uh, it just takes a lot of emotional capacity yes. <laughs> to deal with the questions that come home, the questions that come up. And what I've realized, too, as a dad, the questions that don't come up, mm-hmm. the questions that kids feel maybe embarrassed to talk about or, uh, or what. And maybe it might come up in a behavioral issue where the, 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 the child you know, starts behaving poorly. But uh, we, we don't realize that the thing isn't the thing. Exactly. That exactly. there's something behind what's going on in the child's life behaviorally. So like you said, we, we, we try to help parents by providing some basic nutrition to address those basic needs because sometimes behavioral issues are just because the kid hasn't eaten. Yeah. Uh, you know, in, even in my own home, hey, why don't you just go have a snack? You need to have a snack yeah. in your bed. Yeah. You're, it's like be that commercial. You, That's you, right. You become you need a, a Snickers. Yeah, <laughs> go have a Snickers. We don't have any Snickers in ours, but you need a Snickers anyway. Uh, yeah, most parents feel pretty incompetent when it comes to raising their kids because our world is changing so quickly. So not only are we as adults trying to address whatever's happening in the world, but our kids are negotiating that too. So what does it mean to shepherd them through all those changes? It takes a lot of capacity. So I think half the battle is just getting together and all just sort of admitting, hey, we all need help in this. We need to pray for one another. We need to go to Jesus with all these things. Some of us don't even know how to do that. 
How do we, how do we go to Jesus when you know, we see our kids hurt emotionally? We don't know what to do. Uh, so for us, just having that small group that addresses those, those parenting needs, we're, we are, you know, we're using the book, uh, parenting with love and logic, okay. but, uh, just being together, I think is, is the thing, getting that support. One thing that I'll tell you helped, helped us, uh, we have teenagers now, so we're, oh, yeah. in another, we're in another place, right. um, is when they were, when they were younger, we had family altar. We still do it mm. now, but it was, it was so good to see that that family altar meeting yeah. at home uh, and and teach them the Bible yeah. and the Bible stories and how, you know, some of the names were pronounced in the Bible. Yeah, yeah. It was so much fun for the kids. Yeah. My boys would just laugh that, <laughs> you know, that his name was Ham. Yeah. Uh, and they just had a, a blast. Yep. You know, family altar was over because they were just laughing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they remember Noah and the story Absolutely. and his kids, you know. And so it's it's a it's a beautiful thing. And um we need we need to continue to teach that yeah. to parents because that you're you're right. They're not born with a manual. Yeah. They're they're born with needs. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we're trying to deal with our own needs. That's right. And figuring out their needs, you know, and in in different circles, fake it till you make it works. Yeah. But when it comes to the family, and you're faking it, and you're trying this, and and or ignoring that, it it's uh, someone's gonna pay. Mm-hmm. And usually, like you opened up with, is the children that are that are victimized that they they grew up with uh, either a, a a parent that was not was there but not really yeah. present. And so we are. I'm so I'm so glad that you're here today and that we're able to to feature you mm-hmm. and mission and mission. Uh, uh, Mission Vineyard Church and uh, everything that you are involved in five short years yeah and you've got your sleeves rolled up and you're getting your hands dirty and I'm so happy and I thank God that you're in this city uh, I also want to address one more thing that came up by mistake um, you're from Boston yes yeah I'm from New York yeah <laughs> <laughs> And we're brothers in Christ. <laughs> praise, <laughs> praise the Lord for the blood. I thank God that, that he has forgiven you. <laughs> that, you know, and, um, you know, this, this Super Bowl was, was, uh, was a great game. Go Eagles. E-A-G-L-E-S. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the, Yankees, the Yankees are on the rebound. We're coming back. We're coming back for you. And, um, but seriously, uh, the church, the church uh, mission vineyard, is doing a great thing. I am. I'm so happy. Uh, if you want to visit their website, talk to me about your website. Talk to me about your 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 uh, your podcasts. You have your your sermons, different sermons on the website. Yeah, missionvineyard.org has uh, everything about all of our small groups all over the city. Uh, Facebook dot slash mission vineyard has uh, more up up to date events, and you can actually RSVP on. Uh, all the small groups and special events that are coming up, parenting classes, premarital uh, classes, all those things are there. Uh, we do have all the sermons that are up there forever and ever. Amen. They go back and back and back. <laughs> uh, if you wanted to, you could just go to iTunes and search for Mission Vineyard, and and those would come up. Uh, it's, uh, it's really an honor to be in San Antonio. I really feel like God has a huge vision for the city. Uh, he loves it all. Uh, Jesus wants everybody 
to welcome him into all of life. And I think we're just excited as, as the carrot in the stew. You know, we realize that our church isn't the thing. Right. Uh, we've, we, we, we value the Baptists and the Catholics and, and the Presbyterians and everybody in the city. They're, we need the whole stew for San Antonio. That's we need right. the whole kingdom. And we realize we're just the carrot. And we're happy to be the carrot and play our part as the kingdom of God. Uh, is uh, is just enacted here in the city, and Jesus is welcomed into all of life. Well, if you like carrots, yeah, <laughs> come down to Mission Vineyard Sunday at nine forty-five at twenty-eight hundred Broadway. Yep, the Children's Museum that we meet in the Museum and a great meeting space in there, and the children have wonderful classes upstairs in the birthday rooms. It's a great, great space. What a great place to meet. Yeah. How did you do that? That must have been God. It was absolutely God. We were meeting across the street at Lions Field Community Center for the longest time, and then one Sunday they weren't able to have us, and so we called over to uh, the military base to sponsor as many children at the military base to have passes to the Museum. And we called the museum and asked them if we could have a party for them as well. And they said, no, we're not, we're not available that day, but uh, any other Sunday. And I said, wait a second, any other Sunday? <laughs> any other Sunday? And, uh, you know, it was a real stretch for us as a growing church to, to do that. But it really is a beautiful partnership. And uh, we end services before uh, folks come in at 11. And uh, it, it's, a, it's a great partnership. We're so thankful for, for the museum. You should go visit the museum. They're, they're, they're a great place. All right. Church of the Week. Here with Pastor John O'Reilly and uh, Mission Vineyard Church. So happy to have you, sir. Great to be here. God bless you. I'm, uh, I, I, love, I love that you're here. I love that you're from Boston. <laughs> and I'm from New York. Forget about it. San Antonio, the melting pot. Who would have thought? Yeah. Who would have thought that we would be both in San Antonio? That's great. Making a difference, making an impact. God has a sense of humor. And so thank you. Uh, visit the website. Visit the church, 2800 Broadway, and get your hands dirty. There's a lot to do in this great city. God bless you. Thank you for joining us today as we featured our AM630 The Word Church of the Week. We hope that during this past half hour, you got a chance to know the pastor and learn something about their church. We encourage you to get involved in your local community church. If you'd like to nominate your pastor to be featured on an upcoming Church of the Week program, submit your nominations at am630theword.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.